Welcome to NRP's Leadership Conference podcast. Every February, pastors and leaders from around the country gather together at our Leadership Conference for dynamic teaching, powerful worship, impartation, ministry, and covenant relationships. Here's one of the recordings from our 2023 Leadership Conference. Inspector for a major corporation, Laura, is a nurse, what I say? Mike. Well, that wasn't a prophecy, was it? I mean, <laughs> under Mike, did I say it, Mike Williams? Why well, called Jerry Cochran Jerry Clonch last night? He's been called worse, though, so he got over it. Amen. But anyway, they're going to share with you. Give them a hand. Amen. Well, good morning, NRP Conference body. It's uh, a privilege to be here with you guys. Um, again, as Pastor Kiptusi said, I'm Mike Williams, my beautiful wife, Laura. Uh, just a quick backdrop of who we are and uh, how we are connected with NRP. And so um, probably almost 12 years ago, I ended up meeting my precious wife and uh, we were living about two and a half hours apart. And uh, in meeting her, uh, went up to visit with her because we were trying to date in court and figure out what was going on with our relationship. And uh, Pastor Keith Tusi was the lead pastor at uh, the Living Hope in Latrobe, PA at that time. And so uh, because my wife's uh, dad had passed away when she was younger, she asked Pastor Keith to check me out. And so uh, <laughs> and just where I was at at that place in, in my walk with the Lord, I'm like, well, great. You know, I look forward to that. And so we sat in a Denny's in I think Latrobe or Greensburg, whichever city it was in PA. And I sat across the table from Pastor Keith Tusi, And as we're talking, we talked for probably about an hour, hour and a half. And the mark that was made on my heart, because I had been walking with the Lord for a couple of years. Um, I just I knew he was a man of God, a man of God's spirit, a man of God's word. And I'm like, man, I want to get around this guy. I, I want to get around him more. And so that kind of started uh, our brief relationship as I was dating my wife. And then uh, we dated for about a year before I would propose to her. And then we finally got married about seven months after that. Pastor Keith ma- uh, married us there at the Living Hope in Latrobe. Uh, we're actually coming up on 10 years coming up in April, and we're going to celebrate that. We're very grateful for that. Hallelujah. But uh, so, yeah, just a quick story on, on our journey and how we got here, because, uh, you know, my wife was in Pastor Keith's church. We always stayed connected, although we weren't in NRP. Uh, we were serving in the Assemblies of God Church for, you know, over a decade and uh, just being faithful there, loving on people, uh, you know, ministering and things of that nature, just what God had put into our hearts. And so in November of uh, 2020, uh, we were, I came to Bob in uh, Crown Point, Indiana with Pastor Ron and that team there. And uh, Laura and I had been praying about our next steps. We have two older children who are going to be uh, 21 this year. And then we got our two littles that are in Wisconsin with us. And uh, we were already mobile, prayerful, trying to believe God. Hey, what's our next steps? You know, God was doing something in our hearts and we were looking for next steps. Uh, we had prayed. We had uh, traveled across different states, kind of trying to sense what the Lord was doing in our hearts. And we didn't get, you know, an OK. And I just remember looking at her prior to 2020, Bob, and saying, listen, you know, out of the church ministries that I remember, um, I know of two movements, two movements, the ministry I got saved in 
and then NRP from what I knew of Pastor Keith Tusi. And when I look at a, a local church and even a network of churches that I think is a movement, they're not just doing church on Sundays and whatever other days within the four walls. They're impacting their culture with the gospel of Jesus. And so that was a reference for me from Pastor Keith and Living Hope and then those men and women there. And so I told her on the way to uh, Bob, I said, listen, we're probably going to have to move into NRP. And so all I have to say is that that first evening, that Thursday evening, the Lord definitely uh, spoke to my heart and uh, said, we need to go ahead and get mobile and move ourselves in. And so over the next couple of uh, months, actually the very next month, I had traveled with Pastor Keith. We had always wanted to do that together. I wanted to follow him and watch the man of God minister. And so we ended up going out to Menominee Falls with uh, Pastor Mike, Miss Michelle. Pastor Keith was doing some ministry. It was over a weekend. And then uh, we went home. And then about a week uh, later, uh, Pastor Mike Free, my pastor, reached out and said, hey, man, we've been praying for you guys. And I'm uh, talking to Pastor Keith. We just want to invite you out for this internship so we can help you guys for pastoring. And uh, I was definitely taken back. And uh, I knew at that point that, you know, yes, this is something we should do. Um, but I had some reservation about where we were going in the NRP network. And so, you know, we prayed on it and all that. And then we finally said yes. And so through a series of a couple of things with some wise counsel and some graciousness from Pastor Keith Tusi, Pastor Mike Free and uh, the word of the Lord that he spoke to me in my wife's heart. We set out uh, uh, to go to uh, Menominee Falls in June of 21 doing this pastoral internship with my pastor, Mike Free and just learning uh, all kinds of things. That uh, body has been a huge blessing to us. Pastor Mike, I love you and Miss Michelle. Thank you for your impartation. You guys investing in our lives. We have never had that to be that hands on and help fine tune us so that we can serve God. And so uh, we've been doing that uh, for about a year and a half. And I just want to say before I hand it over to my wife that when listening to Pastor Keith Hodges talk about, you know, building teams and team building, I find myself obviously on my pastor's team, um, but I also have a team. And uh, one of the things that I saw when we got to Metro Harvest is something that I've never seen as clean and clear is next steps. And what do I mean by that? Uh, Metro Harvest had clearly had some next steps for people who may be thinking about giving their lives to Christ or have given their lives to Christ. And what's their next step for discipleship? Um, that was like very clear and direct when we got there. Uh, people who may want to join the church and uh, the mission and purpose that God had given to Metro, that was very clear. It was always announced uh, during our announcements on Sunday mornings and so forth. Um, there's different things you can find on the website for that. But it was very vocal about that to give people their next steps. Right. Um, also, along with that, from the discipleship perspective, um, we have something called ACTS, Advanced Christian Training uh, School. And so that within itself kind of uh, comprised of our four uh, pillars, if you will, our vision, you know, to know God, to find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. And so for me, it was just amazing to see. I've seen churches try to help people with their next steps, but I've never seen it that well organized and that consistent to help people move along in the things of God, that they're not just a body sitting in the seat, but you get saved, right? You're born again, like Pastor John was talking about. You just don't know about church things and now you want to do some church things. You've been blood bought. You're new, right? You got a new heart heart and a new spirit. And now you're running after Jesus and the kingdom of God. And so in that setting, uh, we're watching God do some amazing things. And so for me, uh, being on a team and having a team, it's been very free flowing to try to get our team around the vision of the church. And what do I mean by that? We're very intentional about uh, community. 
Pastor Keith Hodges talked about that within leaders, uh, communicating well and, and uh, creating community. And those are things that run in me and my wife's heart where we're communicating with our teams, spending time with people when it's not necessarily a church service or uh, even a life group. But even outside of those things, outside of those confines, spending time with people and trying to point them back to the vision. God has a vision for souls. He's given it to my pastor and their team there. And so it's in our hearts Right. And so once it was in our hearts, it was very easy to not only direct our lives, but any people that we were around and building relationships with pointing them back to that. So it's just just been a blessing. Hi. So I feel like this is short and sweet, but I feel like the direction that the Lord took me to share is not so much from I feel like when Pastor Keith Hodges is talking about from his leadership and building those pillar teams. But I want to speak to when you're a leader of those teams, the smaller, you know, when you're, you're got your team organized and you're one of the pillars um, or whatever your church would refer to, um, again, the connection part is really what's in my heart. And I asked the Lord one night, um, how can I give something practical? What can, how can I take what's in my heart about connection and make it practical, practical for you guys to pass on to your team leaders so that they can really impart into their teams And I felt like he gave me three words, and this is probably how my brain works, so hopefully it helps you. But the three words I felt like he gave me were you need to lead them, feed them, and breed them. And I'm going to expound on that by saying, you know, um, as the team leaders, your enthusiasm carries over to your team. When you show up early, that carries over to your team. So you're leading by example, and you're showing them this is important to you. I'm all in. And that will carry over to them, right? Um, as far as feeding them, I feel like that is part of the connection. Spend time with them. Pray with them. Share a word of encouragement. This is why we do what we do. Spend that time to invest in them and um, just feed them spiritually. You feed them physically, this will help as well. People like to do that to connect. Always part of our connections with people is eating, right? Um, so that helps. But when my husband was referring to that, spending that time that is outside of, this is not because we, we have to serve at 10, show up at 9.15, let me spend 10 minutes with you. This is, hey, it's a Tuesday, do you want to grab coffee? Um, and so that connection time, I think, is just so important. People want to be a part of something but they want to be a part of something. They don't just want to show. So outside of um, an email that just is saying, hey, this is what our team's doing. This is where you need to be. Can you participate? Is um, reaching out just, hey, how are you? Hey, I was thinking about you. Um, Hey, I'm praying for you. I feel like that impact for people to know you're taking them before the throne. Um, That matters to people, right? That's the connection piece. And then as far as breeding them, I think that not everybody is meant to be a leader, right? But to delegate to people, to help them grab the vision, to help them share the vision. And if they are meant to be a leader, raise them up, empower them, help them figure out what does that look like and where do they feel like they're led to lead. Um, So that's, I think, pretty much the biggest thing I've learned from being on teams, being exposed to different teams. And I think that that just really helps people to connect and move forward. Drop the mic. Amen. Thank you. Great job. Thank you. So there you got a couple, couple little kids, full-time jobs, sold their home, moved how many miles? 800 miles because they thought, I want to be a part of a church that will train me. 
there are people out there looking for your church. I'm telling you. Amen. And uh, I think it's obvious that there's a senior key, uh, leader colleague. I tell people all the time, Mike and Laura are on my draft board. <laughs> you know, it's draft season. They're on my draft board. Hallelujah. Amen. Eric and Rachel, come on up. Amen. So this, uh, this couple here, they've got a new baby at home. They're both entrepreneurs. They both have their own businesses. Eric is in construction. Uh, Rachel's uh, a health fitness guru, workout person, has private clientele, you know, and uh, they are part-time on staff. Uh, you know, another part-time people with full-time help at, with Bridge City Church. They assist, they assist, they're the assistant pastors at one of the campuses and just lovely people. You'll, you'll be glad to hear from them. So share your hearts with us. Thank you so much, Pastor Keith. And, uh, just want to say thank you for the opportunity to share and, uh, our pastor, Pastor Rick Paladin, uh, Bridge City Church. He's our lead pastor. Uh, just thank you and appreciate you for, uh, submitting us to be a part of this and, uh, you know, we're very humbled to be able to do this. I mean, I look around and talk with a lot of you and to see the wisdom and the decades and the years. And that's why I see a lot of NRP is just the legacy that is before us. We stand on the shoulders of giants, of people, giants in the faith. And I just want to honor that and appreciate so many of you. I don't know everybody here, but just it is such an honor to be on even on this stage and a part of this. So um, just to give a little bit of background of us, as well as Pastor Keith mentioned, uh, I used to always say uh, I'm a contractor who also helps pastor a church, and that's really shifted for me in this past year. I, I've always been a, an entrepreneur, a business owner, building my business, flipping houses, doing real estate, and uh, I had to go through a grieving process actually this past two years of realizing all the things that God allowed me to do in the natural, he wanted me to do in the kingdom. You know, Pastor John Newsom mentioned it, like all that stuff in the world was training ground for the kingdom. And I love that I get to do that now and more and more. I'm giving up more and more of my business because I realize it's not about money. It's about true riches of heaven, of souls in heaven, of people's lives being. I can't get spiritual transformation at my job. <laughs> like I, I flip houses often by myself or a few guys. And it's it's more of now I'm a pastor who also does a little construction on the side. And it's a big shift. And I even believe it's, it's just powerful. I believe God wants me to share. There's some people here or maybe in your in your teams that are working full-time that don't hold back asking them to give their life for a cause bigger than themselves. Uh, it's something I, I, Pastor Rick and Pastor Keith, I've seen uh, not hold back asking people to give their life for something like heaven and hell that really stand in the balance. So uh, even maybe you're here today and like saying, I, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to pay. We had to wrestle through those questions and say, I just, I can't, I can't afford to say no to giving my life to build the kingdom. There's no greater cause. So I just want to encourage you with that and, uh, and believe for that for you. Uh, but we're, we're to share on team building and Bridge City Church. We are one church in four locations. So we have four physical campuses. Um, and each of us, we say we're a corporately owned franchise. So everything is together. It helps people understand our structure because each of our campuses has a pastor, has a leadership team, has worship team, kids ministry, like we're all our own kind of entity in itself, but we are very much one church in four locations. We preach the same messages on Sundays. We're doing a lot of things together. So it helps paint a picture of what we do. And uh, Mondays, and just kind of getting some practical, Monday mornings, we have a staff that's from all four locations. We get together. Uh, we cover, We pray for half an hour as a staff every single week. And I think that's so powerful as a staff that we do. It's not just nuts and bolts and strategy. It's, it's 
we got to go to God first before we ever get into the planning. Uh, but we pray for half an hour. And then we get to, and, and there's so many things, that, different ways you know, that happens, but we really cover the, this Sunday and next Sunday, kind of some details, making sure we're all on the same page. A lot of it's information, what do, you know, make sure we don't miss things. But then we get to really hear from Pastor Rick as well as from our lead pastor, the vision, the direction for the church to us as the team, the corporate team. But then what I do is on Monday, so we get all this downloaded from, to us from Pastor Rick, and then we take it to our team at our Murraysville campus. So really that's what I wanted to share is just take, how do we take the lead pastor's vision and direction and, and give it to our teams? Because we're on a team corporately, but we're also leaders of teams at our campus level and overseeing. And then those people are, are leading teams as well. So there's a, there's a whole uh, really level of, of, of leadership and a care and responsibility and authority that we get to be a part of. And what we do, so Monday we have a staff, we get information, we get vision, we get direction. We're on the same page. A lot of times we're caring for one another, sharing things with one another. Monday evening is when I get all the leaders from our campus. Most of them work full-time jobs, have kids. You know, they, they can't be at the staff meeting maybe on Mondays. So we have our own little mini staff meeting where I just do the same thing for the most part in a condensed version on a Zoom call. A lot of people are, you know, driving. It's not always have to be face-to-face. That's always preferred and food's always preferred. But we are doing a Zoom call in an evening after kids go to bed, and what we do is we have all of our key leaders, everyone who's on like a pillar in the campus level, as well as our, as well as our connection group coaches, they're overseeing all the groups. Uh, we get all of them together on a Zoom call, and I care, we pray, and I share really what Pastor Rick shared in staff meeting. And there's several things that we do with that. Is it's, some of it's information, some of it's dates, calendar, things, make sure we're crossing T's and dotting I's. And a lot of that's helpful because then the leaders, we all, if they're all leaders, we should be seeing ahead. Leaders should see ahead of the, the whole. You know, the, the shepherd sees the danger, sees the things ahead. So a lot of it's just information, a lot of it's details and dates, so that when somebody asks them for information about something, they don't have to say, I don't know, or figure it out. They, they can give them some, some of the details, the, the simple things. But really it comes to then when we share vision and direction, I've taken a very... Um, important stance of making sure I'm clearly hearing the vision from Pastor Rick in order to clearly share that with our leaders. You know, in the, the scripture verse, Habakkuk 2.2, talks about the Lord speaking to him. He says, write down clearly on tablets so that you can give it to runners who can then give it to other people. And it's taking that clear message from our lead pastor so that I can clearly share it with our leaders who can then clearly share it with their teams, with their groups, with the different people. That way, everybody's hearing the same message. Everybody's hearing the same vision. One vision, not multiple visions, not two heads, like Pastor Keith Hodges mentioned. That there's no monsters in the church, right? We want one head, one vision, one direction, and, and then empowering them to go and do that. And what we've seen is that we get so much buy-in from our leaders on the campus level because they're hearing things first, too, which is a, a key, and getting that buy-in from things. And, you know, and sometimes, and there's a ways of doing it where we give give direction, not, not saying this, this is what Pastor Rick said the way it's going to be. There are some things that's true. The elders have decided this. But a lot of time, it's, it's, I want input. I want buy-in. I want the teams, the, the leaders at the campus level to have weight in the game, skin in the game, so to speak. You know, like we're going to go to two worship times for Easter. And it, it, the question isn't, are we going to go to two? It's what are the two times? Is it 9 and 10.30 or is it 9 and 10.45? It, it's, it's, the question isn't, are we going to make room for more people because heaven and hell matter? The question is, how do we make room for people 
uh, a 9 and 10 30 or 9 and 10 45. Like, and that's the questions. And then the team gives buy-in. And Pastor Rick's always been good. But you have a voice, not a vote. Like, we all have a voice. We want input. We, we value what you have to say. But not everybody gets a vote. It, it's ultimately, we got to hear God and give an account to God as leaders. So we do that on a Monday night call. There's touching base throughout the week as well, which my wife Rachel is going to share a little more. Yeah. Hi, guys. I'm Rachel. Um, I lead worship for our campus, and I'm leading a connection group and also our um, Women's Victory and Freedom event, which is just our inner healing and deliverance ministry um, for women. Um, and I feel honored and blessed that I get to hear from Eric and also Pastor Rick uh, very often as I'm leading these teams. Um, so I'm I. You know, we're talking about the church constantly. It's always on our minds. We're, um, you know, very invested in the church. But I get to take that Monday night call and take it to our team. And I'm also meeting with Pastor Rick. He has such a heart for worship. So it's so nice to be able to have conversation with him of, um, you know, hearing his heart for what he sees in worship and being able to to take that to the team. Um, so, yeah, our Monday night phone calls, we've seen, we've just done that recently. That's been a newer thing that we've been doing. And we've been seeing a lot of excitement about it. You know, people, these team members want to be on that call, um, which is exciting. Um, and the other parts that I wanted to talk about is just about care, which we've heard a lot about already. But um, we, we've probably heard the saying, people don't care how much you know unless they know how much you care. And um, I think they also don't care where you're going as much if they don't know that you care about them. So, you know, if you're wanting to take your team in a direction, they have to know that they can trust you, that you love them, that you care for them. Um, and so just taking that time, like thinking about how much time are you talking to them about what's going on in their life? I never want to be accused of saying, someone saying to me, well, she only just talks to me whenever she wants something. Um, and so like if I'm texting, you know, I've had all these to-dos and things to accomplish for worship. Uh, for example, if I haven't just said, hey, how are you in a text message? You know, that's a check for me. Am I caring for them? Um, and one thing recently in our lives with a one-year-old, I can't get out of the house as much. So we've been inviting people over to the house. Um, like, hey, when can you come over? And so we're doing life with them. We'll have a meal or just, you know, time in the evening together um, to really care for them. If it's as a female leader, too, I feel like it's a little bit harder for me to care for the male team members, but then that's where we can care together. Um, so we work together as a team to do that. And um, I have personally seen such an increase in buy-in, you know, that term of just people excited about growing and um, taking their next step whenever we have spent intentional time with them, um, with the people. Um, and, yeah, I think that's what I wanted to share. One of those things about our Monday night call as well is we don't make it mandatory. Um, it's something that, you know, understanding a lot of the, everyone on that call are, all of our team leaders are servants. They're volunteers. They don't get paid to do this, at least not in the natural. And we, we just decided this call and through prayer that we weren't going to make it mandatory. You don't have to be on this Monday night call. There are some things we do require them to be at, but what we've done is created it to be where it's so fun there's so much vision, there's care, we're sharing the burden of life together, people don't want to miss it. They feel bad when they miss it. They're like, I'm so sorry, I can't believe I missed the call. And it's just been a fun thing to invite people to be a part of. Like we keep hearing, like people want to be a part of something. 
They want to be a part of something besides Monday through Friday, going to work every day, getting the kids on the bus. Like there's something so much more about serving the kingdom of God. And, and you know, just we just decide not to make that mandatory, but make it so inviting they don't want to miss it. And, and we're seeing that. We're seeing life within the team. And, and, it, and really, I share it that I can't carry the burden myself. Pastor Rick can't carry the burden of the church by himself. But together, we carry the burden together. We carry the workload together. There's so much value and joy when we get to do life and ministry together. We're trying to do it on our own. It really becomes a drag and a burden, obligation. Rather than, no, this is a joy that, that Christ has gripped my heart. He's apprehended my heart. I want to serve him and, and get to do it with others. We say all the time, it's such a privilege to serve. It's a privilege to, to come in and serve God and serve his people. We say every Sunday morning, it's, it's a privilege to be here. It's, it truly, truly is a privilege and, and never a right of ours that we would ever say. Uh, something I, I do want to share with you that um, pastor I hear from Pastor Keith and, and Pastor Rick, of course, uh, is I always tell people, especially new members when they join the church and some of our team leaders as well, is I say, I, I want to reserve the right. I do reserve the right to always ask you or always to give you opportunity. I'm going, I'm going to ask you for opportunities to serve, to give of yourself, to invest in the kingdom. So I'm going to do that. But I'm also giving you the freedom to say no. But I want people to always have that understanding. Like, I'm going to keep asking you. I'm going to ask you to give. I'm going to ask you to give of your time, your talent, your treasure, because I believe there's something bigger at, at stake. And, and allowing people the freedom, it's so freeing for people when they realize, like, I can still say no, but when you present it that way, it's not a mandate. It's not a, dict- a, a dictating to them. It's like, you can say no, but I'm going to keep asking you. Because we, we get accused of all the time, man, you're always just asking us to, to be a part of something. Like, why wouldn't you? Why would you want to miss out on the greatest gift of, of giving eternal life to other people, to, to connect people with the living God? Like, there's no greater purpose, no greater joy in life than getting to be a part of that. So, you know, as far as recruiting or inviting and with our leaders, we try to empower them and model for them how to invite people, how to recruit people for the team. Obviously, we have a, a next steps, our, like our connection track, a, a process to identify gifting and character. And there's a process of apprenticeship and leadership. I believe all those processes are very healthy, are very good. So you can gauge what you're winning at, what you're not winning at, how you can prove and do things better, uh, but never saying no for people, always asking them. And th- there's no greater joy than doing it with my wife as well. You know, we love, it, you know, spouses. I, I bring her along as much as possible to, to step threes, our membership at the time we, we sit down with couples or, or people just, she's getting fed through that as well. Uh, I think it's so crucial to, for women, especially to hear from my wife and to connect on that, that level. It's not just from me or not just from our lead pastor, and uh, something I've really learned, too, is to kind of what I mentioned already, is just leading from that second chair uh, is something that was very difficult for me. As a, as a strong leader in my business, I was always, I was the guy. I was in charge of finance, decision, direction, jobs, estimates. I did it all, and, and realizing it was really hard for me to transition to, I got to be under the second, uh, a second chair. I got to be under somebody else's authority, uh, and realizing that, uh, that, that comes, that authority comes when I'm submitted to somebody else's authority. You know, God's going to honor the vision and dream he's put in my life when I honor and support somebody else's vision. I support and, and want to lift up Pastor Rick's vision for Bridge City Church. And I believe God's already over-blessed me with, with supporting and honoring and submitting to another man's vision and another man's dream. Because I've seen him do it with Pastor Keith. I've seen and mod- modeling it for people is so much better than just telling them. 
know, living the life sold out for Jesus is so much more valuable. Anything else? Well, thank you so much. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Rachel. Amen. At uh, our school of ministry, uh, the, the Southern Campus, when we launched, you know, we, we get a lot of interaction time, table time in the school ministry life teaching weekends. And so one of the people asked me this question. They said, Pastor Keith, at this point in your life, what's the most fulfilling thing you do? I thought, you know, that's really a good question because I like it all, to be honest with you. I'm like, I'm like a land shark with food, you know, I like eat anything. And, and I'm like the same way with ministry. I really enjoy a lot of parts of it. This is what I enjoy. I love being part of Mike and Laura's life. I've loved watching Eric and, and Rachel just blast through obstacles in their life and, I mean, make big decisions to give their life, like, like they made a big decision. You know, like they're, they're like the income wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna like, this is not what we're about. We're not about making money. We're about making history. And I'm telling you, listen to me, your community in your church has people like that. Pastor John made this statement that really hit me. He said, you will not get high-capacity people if you don't have high-capacity opportunities. Man, did that hit me. I, I just never heard it put that way. And so they, these people that you're hearing from are examples of that. And so they're, you know, they're, they're not to the place where they can be totally vocationally dedicated to ministry. You know, that's, that's what we want to happen. That's what Pastor Rick is working on. But in the meantime, they're 100% in. Amen? And uh, so it's just great. Thank you for sharing your heart. Okay, where's Jimmy Baird at? Come on, Jim. How many people love and know Jimmy Baird? Amen? I tell you, every time I'm around this guy, I just catch myself smiling. I mean, he's just such a blessing. And if you've got to know... Uh, the Cochrans at all in Generation Church, everything there has Jimmy's hand, Jimmy and Rob, their handprints are everywhere. And he, brother, you're just such a great example. I mean, I tell you, I, I, I wish we got, have got to do more stuff together. Maybe we'll get to do that in the future a little bit. But he's, he is just such the real deal and such as the heart for the church. And, 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 and pray you get a Jimmy in your church. That's all I got to say. Amen. But, but, but he's, Full-time vocation. How many years? I guess you're going to do that. I won't take your time. You do all that. Okay. Okay. Amen. All right. Um, yeah. So I'll tell you one of the things, um, I guess they saved the old guy to last here, but um, I really do appreciate um, and respectfully, you know, being part of the uh, network of morons here. So <laughs> you notice I am the only one. I, I brought my notes up here because... Um, I just want to be sure I don't forget anything because I kind of, my mind moves around. You know, I realize now that when I was in grammar school and through grade school and all, is that I, I, I had ADD. I, I didn't, I didn't know they hadn't made that up yet, you know. And so the, so the teachers, you know, or the pills, so the teacher's solution was she sat me on the front row. So, cause if I sat in the back, I made C's and D's. If I sat in the front row, I made B's and C's. And uh, so in, anyway, um, I, I feel like I'm in just I'm warm, warmed my heart to be in good company, especially after listening to Pastor John. Wasn't that a mind blower? Uh, so a little bit of just a little bit of history. Um, I've been uh, married now 41 years. That's my wife sitting back there. She's not a 
Robin, stand up. She's the pretty side. I will say this. I'm the, you know, I may be, you know, kind of, you know, the guy with the microphone and this and that, but she's the lady that's driving the bulldozer and moving the dirt around and doing this. But I, the main thing I want to say, particularly for anybody in the, in, in particularly some of these young couples and all, or a young man that's in, interested in the ministry. Um, I mean, since we got married, we've been in the ministry. That was part of the agreement in our covenant is that this is, I didn't know where it was going, but I knew it was going. And uh, she has been supportive 100% of anything and everything that we've done. So uh, so just going back, uh, Pastor Jerry, 38 years, I think, this February is the, so, so we are right now just, um, so we, we are, if you want to listen to the way this is kind of uh, versed, is, uh, is that we have been doing, uh, we have been a church in ministry for 38 years, New Jerusalem Praise and Worship Center, Pastor Jerry founded New Jerusalem Praise and Worship Center, we've been there. Um, almost from the beginning. And, um, of course, now we're doing uh, a DBA uh, on, you know, paper, but it's a, it's a, it's a DMA. It's doing ministry as Generations Church. Pastor Chad Cochran, his son, is uh, doing that. And one of the exciting things is that, and I think we're witnessing that these young couples and the way you've orchestrated this part of the team building is that you need to surround yourself with young, smart, technical, you know, all these guys that, you know, I mean, I, I know and understand the importance of some of that. Some of it I'm just too tired to do. Some of it I just don't have the time to figure it out. So y'all understand what I'm talking about. But we started out with uh, uh, Pastor Jerry uh, when New Jerusalem Praise and Worship Center started coming in 1985. And so my wife and I, we started the children's ministry from, I mean, we were making biscuits from scratch, you hear? I mean, there was nothing. But we built the children's ministry, handed it off. We built the youth ministry, handed it off. So I was children's church director. I was a youth pastor for quite some time, handed it off. And then we went into life groups, cell groups, life groups, different things. And we, of course, handed that off. So we've kind of been all through that building stage. Um, so I've said all of that to say this. Um, in, in, you know, without repeating a lot of the things that have happened here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit some three general areas and, you know, what some do's and don'ts, what, what didn't work for us and what did work for us. So I'm going to say one of the first things that is is that does work for us and is really, 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 really important is, is to pray, to pray, to pray. Our list of teams and or team leaders has always been posted. It's We have a prayer room, we have a prayer boards, we have different things, we have prayer meetings. It is a staple part of every time we pray. Staple. It's, I mean, it's, it's just part of saying, hello, Lord. By the way, <laughs> and and bringing you know showing God the needs. Bring, he knows the need before we ask, but he likes for us to ask. So it's it's a staple. So there's three main areas that um, that that I want to focus on. Number one is the spiritual. Pray, pray, pray. It's just it's just part of it. You can't ever 
underestimate the, the power of that. The second one is some tangible things that are that that are really working, you know, have worked and are working for us now. And then the third thing is the relational. So on the on the the, the tangible part, we do three things, you know, regularly every year, and I call them I call them blitzes. And one of the blitzes is we do a train. Okay, you're interested, and of course we're doing the advertising, doing all that. So we're doing the trainings, and just people come, they want to check it out. Not, it's not committal, but, you know, again, we're kind of seeing what's available to draft. Um, the other thing that, and, and it's somewhat successful, very honestly, not as successful as I thought it would be or wanted it to be. But we do get some, some interest from that. The second thing um, that we did uh, uh, last year is, you know, no, I think sometime, it's either in June or July, there's a National Serve Day. So what we did is we took three areas and we had we had a serve day. And the first thing that we did was we recruited people to go minister to work at another church that was much smaller, much older, and basically the people couldn't do it themselves financially or physically. And we did repair work on their building, their yard. We did everything. It wasn't even... Non, it was a it was a denominational church. It was an old church. You, you just don't you know people going y'all are doing what for who? The other thing that we did, um, we did have a lady in our church already had a connection with an old folks home, and so we recruited people to go to the old folks home, and uh, they just hung out with the old people. They did fingernails and you know the and, and just talked with them. Um, interesting part recently. After we did that, oh, by the way, that lady had 25 to 30 people sign up for, you know, to go to go with her. So we had we did these sign up sheets. We had almost 100 people sign up to go be involved in this serve day deal. Okay? So, you know, when it came around recently, she says, oh, I need some people to go do this. Well, get get the list. There was there was, you know, we, we were stealing people from her to, uh, to go. My, my wife serves. She's our she's our kitchen captain. And uh, so we, you know, had people, we, they did the sandwiches and brought people lunches and things like that. So it gave us a database for people to do other stuff moving forward in the future. The other thing that we did was we looked for an older couple that needed some repair work on their home. Again, these are just, you can do it however you want. This just worked for us. But let me tell you the benefit of that. All three of these things, these, these were connections that had nothing to do with our church, it was connections that had nothing to do with trying to get people into our church. In fact, it was just the opposite. We tried to do things for, for people that, you know, we weren't looking for that type of a direct return. So let me tell you what it did. As we had these different categories, we were able to, like a lot of people that I've been talking with, we've got a lot of new people in the church. I walk in. And, and I'm like, you know, who are these people? You know, and, and unless you take time to meet them, uh, you're not going to be. But what happened was, is that I began, to, we, we signed people up and we said, show, this is the, this is the task. Show us what you're capable of. If you can do, you got a, you got a chainsaw, you've got a circular saw, you've got a manicure, so what, whatever. And so I found, I started meeting people and said, you do what? You have a, a you 
So all of a sudden, I became aware of the, let's say, the, the pool of talent and ability. So, let me, so while I'm on this, the relational part, let me tell you the mistake. I am a results-based guy. And so my fault is I like to get in there and get it done. And I like working with people that do the same. The problem is every Sunday morning, I guarantee, I am walking by maybe half a dozen people that want to do something and have the opportunity to do something. And unless I'm slowing down a little bit and praying and listening a little bit more, I'm missing out on a lot of opportunities. I was blessed and going to rework some of my stinking thinking based on some of the ministry that uh, Pastor John uh, expressed today, which we've all heard. So uh, I ran a beauty college for 22 years. Uh, and so I went full-time staff in 2000, 2001, went to New Jerusalem Praise and Worship Center, been there ever since. Um, I have been, um, um, I always say, um, over, uh, overfed and overpaid. It has been a real blessing and been very fortunate to, to, be, to enjoy the job that I have to do. So the, the third thing so that, that, we, that we do, so we do, the, we do the trainings, we do the serve day. I'm, I'm telling you, that, that was crazy because half, half of those people that signed up to do that are now part of the church. I mean, they were bringing people in. Hey, I got a buddy that got the trailer and does this and does that. So it was it was a it was a tremendous um, recruiting thing. Plus, people were blessed just by doing just just by doing something. The other thing that we do, we just had um, Pastor Ron Johnson in for our serve team banquet at the end of the year. He did a great job just firing up our youth. So I think some of the statistics. So we measure. Um, is uh, Pastor Chad said that we had a 47% increase in the amount of people that are on serve teams in one year. 47% increase. I contribute particularly the serve day to that. Um, and the banquet itself, you know, again, hearing we all love to eat. There's something that's happening when we're enjoying some good meals, particularly when we have a dynamic speaker come in and encourage everybody but the um, so the so the numbers there is we had over a hundred we had over a hundred people on the invitation list to come to the serve team banquet so so now we're getting into also the relationship part so but again those are three things that that's worked that's really working for us uh, we do all the other stuff in you know the intermediate meetings and the accountability and you know the, you know inspect what you expect kind of stuff too. But so those are just in general, those three things. So how am I doing, Keith? What, are, what, are, what time do I have here? I got two minutes, good. So the other thing that I want to mention is this. Um, and, and I just wrote some things down. And it, it, a, the biggest key, and it, I had to change some of my understanding of this, is that as as leaders, we always want to train and demonstrate you know what we're doing not always just do it all yourself but then there's some part of that you have to do some of it yourself to bring it right so always always have somebody shadowing um you know don't don't think for one 
don't pass somebody up and think, ah, you don't understand this or you're not this. That's just, just, just be open to the Holy Spirit and bring that in. But the key is, you want to, I want you to ask yourself this question. Are you really modeling, are you really modeling the heart of a servant as you're doing these activities? Very important, very important. So, so, so just real quickly, you know, a model is, you know, just as a demonstration, how many of you ladies, particularly, you've been to a fashion show? Okay. What do the models do? Are they selling the clothes? No. They're, they're modeling it. They're, hey, come on, you know. All right. They're, they're getting you interested in, you know what? I think I would look good in that outfit. You know what? You know, that, that looks good on her or him or whatever. So are you modeling something that looks appealing and desirable? And so the thing about modeling is, um, and, and so Pastor John, he, he did some movie stuff here, so I'll, I'll have to take a look. So are the, this the big key. You'd ask this question. Are you putting out the vibe? Remember that? Dumb and dumber? You go over there and talk to the girl while I stand here and put out the vibe. If you haven't seen it, I've, I, I've watched it five, ten times, you know. I laugh all the time. Well, you've seen that before. It's still funny. What kind of a vibe are you putting out? Pastor Ron touched off on this particularly at our, our meeting. What, man, are, man, if you're not having fun, slap yourself around, get with God and, and say, just help me here. And, and you know what? You can actually start having more fun serving. So as you are leading, as you are training, as you are opening these avenues, man, get the vibe. You got to get the vibe first. But, but put out the vibe. This is fun. There's fun in serving. There's rewards directly from God in all those things. And uh, God bless you. For more information on our annual conferences, including our leadership conference, women's conference, men's conference, youth leader intensive, and youth camps and conferences, visit nrpastors.com. To check out all of our podcasts, including the Leadership and Context podcast by Keith Tusi, the Flourish Women's podcast by Penny Tusi, and the podcast for all of our conferences, click on the podcast tab on our website. We can't wait to see you at one of our conferences soon.